Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message from Pastor Joel Vardy from the series Doubt, Deconstruction, and Devotion. This series addresses the hurt and pain that some people have experienced in and because of the church, and how we can still love and follow Jesus in a post-Christian world. Pastor Joel digs into the ideas of deconstruction and doubt in the context of Christianity and faith, and explores how these matters may actually have a healthy role to play in our relationship with God. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, you can go ahead and be seated. Welcome to Celebration Church, everybody. Thanks for singing with us. You sounded so good this morning. Um, My name is Joel, by the way, and I'm one of the pastors here at Celebration Church. We are continuing part three of the series that we've been in for the last few weeks called uh, Doubt, Deconstruction, and Devotion to Jesus. So what does devotion to Jesus mean? look like? I think for a lot of people, we have a different idea about what really being a devoted Christian or somebody who follows after the way of Jesus looks like. What does it mean? Does it mean that you uh, you either watch church every week or attend church online? Uh, does it mean that you're highly invested in social justice issues? Um, how do we measure devotion to Jesus? Is it giving to the poor? Is it just having just a tiny little bit of sin in your life? Like, is it, is it that just that there's just a little bit and you hide it really well and no one can see it? Does it mean that we have a deep understanding of Scripture and that we can explain the context of every story in the New and Old Testament and speak fluent Greek? And is, that, is that what devotion to Jesus is? With doubt and the deconstruction movement that we talked about a few weeks ago and all kinds of opinions out there about Christianity and how we're supposed to live our lives, how do we know that we're getting it right? What does right look like? In the book of Galatians, Paul is speaking to the province of Galatia in about 57 AD. This is pretty quickly after Jesus died. 57 years after, and people are already turning away from the message of grace that Jesus, you know, portrayed as he died on the cross for them and then rose again. They wanted to go back, the the Galatians wanted to go back to what they were comfortable with. And what they were comfortable with was Judaism. They were comfortable with laws. They had these laws that they would live by. and, And that's how they knew that they were getting it right. That's how they knew that they were devoted to Jesus or devoted to God, that, that, that they would just follow these laws and everything would be good. And, and we don't have that anymore. Because of the grace of God, we have a better life. We needed the laws back then to keep us on track, but Jesus gave us grace. And so now we're justified and it's, it's beautiful, but these Galatians were struggling with this idea in, in Galatians chapter one. And Paul, he, he writes them this letter. He says, I'm shocked that you're turning away from God so soon. Who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but it's not the good news at all. You're being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one that we preach to you, the one that Paul preached to them. And I say again, what we've said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Obviously, 
I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. There's some pretty intense language that Paul puts in this letter. Um, he's writing this letter to these Galatians to greet them and, and talk with them. And he, he starts this nice, sweet letter to them by saying, uh, if anyone preaches any other kind of gospel than I did, you will be cursed. <laughs> or the word that many translations use is accursed. And that word accursed is a really, really strong language. It, it comes from the Greek word uh, anathema, which means to be cursed without a hope, uh, hope of renewal. Really strong language. It just says like, you're done. Like you are cursed. And what was happening was the Galatians were trying to mix uh, Christianity and Ju Judaism. They were trying to bring back, like they, they, they didn't want to live in the grace that they'd been given. They were trying to bring back the laws that they were comfortable with. And instead of devote, being devoted to Jesus, they became devoted to their ideology. They were devoted to what makes them comfortable. The question is, are you and I doing this? Are we devoted to something that makes us more comfortable? Have we created a new gospel, a new good news? You know, other than the good news that we were preached, have we created a new good news? I mean, these people mix Judaism and Christianity, but what do we mix with our Christianity that creates a false good news that Paul talks about? Often you'll see on, online, anyways, people mix their political views with Christianity. People mix different social views with Christianity. Lately, it's felt like we've mixed medical news with the good news. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, I don't, I don't know about you, but can we be real? I, I've, I've felt that sometimes. That throughout this last season, it, it kind of felt like morality became, are you going to wear a mask or not? Or are you going to get the shot or not? I'm, I'm guilty of this. It was wild. Either side of the, the argument that we've seen had its own side of good news. And as you look at people around you, how, how they're behaving, we all want good news. Like everybody obviously wants good news. But a lot of people want to reject the good news of Jesus and replace it with the good news of progress. The new gospel of progressivism or critical theory or, or wokeness or, or, or just living by uh, freedoms, that, that that's their good news is that we have to be, you know, free. I believe that ultimately a lot of people want morality, but they want it through works. And when Paul is speaking to the Galatians, he's talking about it almost like a cult leader, somebody that's trying to create their own um, religion. And maybe we're not seeing that much of that today, but we are seeing a, a, a turning away from God, especially in the progressive movement, to find a morality that's a never-ending spiral of doing the right thing. There's this idea, or, or sorry, there's this, another side of this where people will mix their political views with a devotion to Jesus, as in you have to follow this certain party, or you're not devoted to God. And as Christians, we must base our political views on the way that we think helps us follow Jesus, but that doesn't make our political views our gospel. We don't mix our political uh, views with the good news of Jesus. There was a time, or, sorry, there's never been a time where God's answer was politics. 
We're, and so as a, as a church, you know, we're not a right or a left church. We are a Jesus-loving church. And our deepest desire is to be like Jesus and follow the way of Jesus. And sometimes we just need a reminder of the simple good news of the gospel. And I love that first song that we said, that by Jesus Christ, I'm justified. And, and so uh, it says in Galatians, Paul writes in the second letter, whatever, Galatians chapter two, as he writes down, he says, um, yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we've also believed in Christ in order to be justified by the faith in Christ, not by works. It's not by stuff we do. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. The, the way I always remembered what justified meant is just as if it never happened. I'm justified, like, like, like uh, as if my past just never happened. And we can get wrapped into how, uh, wrapped up in how we think people should live their lives, but let's be wrapped up in the grace of, of Jesus and the truth of Jesus. And so what does a healthy church look like right now? What does a healthy person look like? What is devotion to Jesus? Well, we go after Jesus, not after what the right or the left are saying. We go after Jesus and understand that no matter, you know, what uh, things we get kind of pulled into, what things we sort of do with our life, the way we, we work things out, at the end of the day, we're justified by our faith in Jesus, not by our work. And the goal is to have a deep desire for what Jesus has said and what Jesus has called us to. And remember that he gave us a book that's literally alive. Like it's, it, it's uh, you might think like, what? That's not alive. It has no heartbeat. But when you read this thing, there's, it comes to life. And you can read the same thing over and over again. And it, these things jump out at you and they change your heart. And so the gospel that we received is from Paul and the apostles, not from some political group or some social group or something we see on Facebook. And it will, and we're going to continue to have a challenge that we're up against in this post-Christian society of Canada. I promise you that. It's hard work to keep the love of Jesus alive in a world that's rejecting Christianity. But devoted, devotion to Jesus is as important as it's ever been. I'll say this. If, if you want to be... Uh, if you want your relationship with Jesus to, to progress and be full of life, you cannot expect it to happen naturally. It has to happen intentionally. It has to happen in a, a place where you, you know that this book has something to say to me every single day. That this is how God can speak to us. That the times in prayer and when we're just actively just at times where prayer, where we're pressing in for something, but times in prayer where we're also just listening and relationships with the right people. You know, there's days where you're going to feel like giving up. But let's be ready for the battles that we have again uh, up against us. The enemy, I'll, t I'll say this, you're going to come into some battles. And in this world that we live in, we're, we're all going to come into some battles. But the enemy doesn't attack what he's not afraid of. As you dig into your devotion to Jesus, you will be attacked. We got to know the truth of what we stand on. Some people hate Christianity because it doesn't endorse their morality or their truth. Some people hate it because the message is exclusive. Like it's Jesus is the only way. And Jesus literally warned us about 
you know, kind of what we're seeing a little bit online and in our world a little bit. Matthew chapter four, he says, they'll deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. You'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And the end will come. He says, you'll be hated by your nations because of me. So what can we do? Let's make sure that we're hated because of Jesus, not because of us. <laughs> there's, a difficult, there's a difficult balance to live in here. That we have to hold ourselves accountable for how we live our lives and hold ourselves accountable to Jesus and hold ourselves accountable for our faith. But we don't hold people outside of our faith to those same standards. Which is, I think, why a lot of people have turned on Christianity. And some things have gotten messed up. This is what I've noticed. The common theme in, in people who deconstruct and people who are like just really just wallowing in doubt and not able to get out of it is uh, they often hate um, Christianity. They, they, they don't hate Jesus. They hate Christians. People who hate Christianity, they, they don't hate Jesus. They hate Christians. Because someone has expected them to act like a Christian even though they weren't. And there's a hypocrisy here because this is also happening in the progressive and the deconstruction movements. People are expecting Christians to act like them as well. Let's look at Paul's instruction for his personal devotion to Jesus that he tells the Galatians. He says, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I, I wouldn't be Christ's servant. Like I, if, if that's my goal. So our goal is to love people, but to please Jesus. How often have I got that backwards? That because my feedback often comes from people, my goal is to please people, but I love Jesus. But Paul's saying, no, we can love people, but at the end of the day, who are we devoted to pleasing? Not, not people, God. That's who I'm devoted, as devotion to Jesus. It means that sometimes I'm going to get some negative feedback about the way I live my life. But my devotion ultimately comes back to pleasing Jesus. It's not that we look down upon others so much that we don't care about what they think of us. Like, it's not like, oh, I don't care about what you think of me. We went to high school together. I was a line cook with you at Red Lobster. I don't care about what... I used to be a line cook at Red Lobster. We don't care about what other people think of us simply because we deeply care about what God thinks of us. But there's a balance here, remembering that we're also the only Bible some people will read. And remembering that God has given us relationships outside of the church for a reason because you are the light of the world. In our devotion to Jesus, we might not always please people. 
because we've said this earlier in this series, there are truths in the Bible that are culturally offensive. So it cannot be our goal to make everybody happy. Our goal is to be sanctified and to be washed clean by the scriptures and the grace of God, to be fully devoted to the ways of Jesus, to be with him, to become like him and to do what he said. But this doesn't leave us off the hook for how we act. Like we can't just do whatever we want. I would say that predominantly this sort of um, attitude towards Christmas, uh, Christmas is great, but uh, Christians is displayed on social media. But I think it's still showing what is in some people's hearts. Um, and they'll, there'll be times, I promise you, especially young people right now with what's happening in just in the Gen Z world. And, and there'll be times where it's going to be a lot more comfortable for you to turn from the church, turn on the church even, and to reject everything. Because sometimes it just feels better to please people than to please God. It's easier. It'll probably make you more popular sometimes. So what does Jesus tell us to do? In our devotion to him, how how do we know we're devoted to Jesus? Galatians 5. You've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. It's kind of what I just talked about. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. We're going to serve each other in love. And, and, And Jesus puts it this way in John 13 says, a new commandment I give to you, that you would love one another just as I have loved you. Um, you are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. So what do we do in our spiritual storms? We bring people in. We love each other. We take care of each other. And obviously, it's important to take care of people outside the church as well. But notice that Jesus is talking to the disciples and how they treat each other in this verse. He's talking about other people in in, in the body of believers, about taking care of each other. We can't just turn our backs on each other and kind of just do our own thing and, 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 you know, just just have this personal faith. But it's also about let's take care of one another. And people see that. People see, wow, there's a difference in these people as they take care of each other. So the devotion to Jesus comes with a devotion to loving people. Our fruit or our proof of loving Jesus is displayed in how we treat each other. So don't waste time trying to figure out if you love your neighbor. Like, hmm, do I really love them? Let's see. Just act as if you do. Don't waste time trying to figure, just act like you love your neighbor. What does that require of you? Desire someone else's happiness, just like you desire yours. That that, that, that would be our heart towards people in the church. That that would be our heart towards other uh, believers. That we just desire their happiness, just like we desire our own. You look at the the root of evil. Uh, The Bible says love of money is the root of all evil. And what's the, the root of that? It's often just selfishness. And, and don't get me wrong, self-care is so important. But there's a difference between self-care and being selfish. Self-care is important because you literally can't take care of other people unless you take care of yourself, okay? Like you got to put the, the mask on in the plane before you do it on your kid, right? 
Sorry, PTSD masks. Uh, sorry, I won't talk about it. But, <laughs> but selfishness is evil. It's nasty. The majority of the evil that we see in the world stems from selfishness. So don't give up on taking care of yourself. But also, as we're devoted to Jesus, we also have to find a deep desire um, to help other people experience the fullness of life and the freedom that we find in Jesus. And the more you treat people like you actually like them, the more you'll find yourself actually liking them. Let's humble ourselves in our devotion to Jesus to say that we value relationships over our opinions, over somebody knowing that I'm right about this issue. I actually value you and your happiness over me being right about this thing. It's a command for the disciples to love each other. Jesus isn't giving us a command, just run around, just please everybody, make sure like there's nothing negative said about you, just make sure you're this, the people pleaser of the world. No, he says that a great example is for us to, like how people are gonna know who we are Okay, it's not by, unfortunately, it's not just by putting a sticker on the back of your car. It's actually by how you treat one another, how we love each other, how we can disagree on different things, but there's still a unity that we have together. At the end of the day, I don't care if we disagree on on silly little things that come up in the world. I want a unity with you. I want a grace with you because there's a grace that Jesus has shown me and that's a grace we have to have for each other. And the church is a place for people to be built up and for God to be honored together. So let's do that together in our devotion to Jesus. There's been such a selflessness in our church throughout the pandemic. Just incredible people just saying, I'm not, I, I know that God's going to cover me as I come and I serve and as I come and I take care of people as I run my group. As a matter of fact, I just love watching how, you know, people are going through a tough time, but they're still loving each other right now. So many people have set a great example for that in our church. There's one person, his name's Daryl. And, and Daryl, he, he, he's probably watching online right now. I have not seen Daryl since March or whenever, a long time ago. But I noticed online, Daryl keeps running a connect group. What's he doing? He's serving people through this. Daryl, we haven't seen each other. We haven't talked, but you know who you are. You've been running a connect group this whole time, loving people. Let's give it up for Daryl. I just love that. It's just amazing to see that devotion to Jesus by what? Loving and caring for other people like Daryl's been. As a body of Christ, let's make sure that we are devoted to Jesus, partially by our devotion to one another, that no one should be able to out-community the church. We do this by just having grace for people. Devotion to Jesus is, is, a, is also a devotion to grace. I'm devoted to, to the grace that God has shown me, and then I pass that on to others. So when people gossip about me, when people say bad stuff, it's okay. I, I, I can push through that. When people let me down, I can push through. I can show them grace. Throughout Paul's writing, he keeps bringing up this idea of unity, which is an idea that we need right now. That in our, our churches to have unity together. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, brothers and sisters, he just said brothers in this, but there's a whole, anyways, the Bible is not sexist. I promise you, I can explain it all, but just not right now. <laughs> Aim for restoration. This is what he says. Like, 
That should be our aim, to restore. That, that, that's, that should be the direction of my mouth, to restore. Comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. That's one thing I noticed about all the opinions throughout this pandemic is at the end of the day, people just want what's best for other people. They just have different methods to get there. And there might be some restoration needed between some people throughout this thing. What I've noticed is when there's trouble between myself and other people, it often becomes a block between me and God. Not because God says, you can't access me, but it's because it's something, it's, my heart is hardened. And how to soften that is to go to that person and work it out with the grace of God. So many times I found myself in a dry season and what is taking me to get back to that intimacy with God is not a time with me and God. It's a time between me and someone else. It's a painful conversation, a conversation that sucks, a conversation where I have to humble myself, a conversation where I have to say I was wrong, a conversation where I have to say, why'd you say that about me? And then find out that they didn't say that and it was somebody else and it was this big train of things. And it's like, oh, you know, you're in a dry season, not because of you and God, but because you and other people and devotion to Jesus is about loving people. So when we get in the way of God in our devotion to Jesus, What do we do? What does Paul tell us to do? Galatians 5. You'll notice I'm kind of just walking through Galatians today. Um, Galatians 5, Paul says, but I say, walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these oppose each other to keep you from doing things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. He talks about the works of the flesh, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, um, amenity, strife, uh, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. There's tons of things. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, like just all kinds of wild stuff. Anyways, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is, he walks through these things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And hopefully next summer you'll be at a bunch of weddings and you'll hear that repeated and you haven't (laughs) heard in a while because there's been no weddings yet. But anyways, against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So as we look at these fruits that Paul gives us, we've got to examine them and ask, are these in our life? And if you know you're lacking in these, and I know I am, what we don't need to do is we don't need to get stressed out and focus on the fruits. Okay, I got to be lovely and, and joyous and patient and I got to balance all these things while, you know, having three kids running around and puking all over the place. And oh my gosh. What we do is we don't focus on the fruit. We focus on our relationship with the Holy Spirit and the fruit will come from that. 
So we don't have to focus on, I'm doing all these things. Devotion to Jesus is also a devotion to a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the more we engage in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, the more like Jesus we become. Our devotion to Jesus cannot simply be based on feelings, though. It can't be like when you feel like it. It can't be looking for the next spiritual high. What's, when is the worship leader going to do a good enough job that I feel good again? It must come from a devotion to his word, from a devotion to time alone with the Holy Spirit, from a devotion to a group of people that lift each other up, that hold each other accountable, that are allowed to have access, that you have transparency with, and, and, and a desire for what God has said, the context of it and the meaning of it, not just what you, you know, heard growing up, but really what is God saying through this living word? And knowing that even though culture is constantly put in front of us, I don't serve culture, I serve Jesus. But the balance of that is I also do it with grace. I don't live for the approval of man, but I'm also a representative of Jesus. Grace is always my goal. And a devotion to Jesus is also a devotion to humility. As we navigate a a society that doesn't always appreciate us. How do we hold ourselves? Humbly. Because pride gets us to a puffed up place where we feel like the world will never understand how much more we know than them. I would say this. If there's people in the room and you're struggling to love God, and maybe you're struggling with deconstruction. Maybe you're struggling with doubt. Maybe you're just struggling with uh, who, which Christian leader do I even listen to? Because I, I really didn't agree with some of some things that some people are doing. And I really don't agree with other things that some people are doing. Like how, how like I'm struggling with God. I would say just a great first step is act as if you love him. If I was sure I did love God, what would I do? This is a concept from one of my favorite books called Mere Christianity. I read it every week. When you figure out, not the whole thing, front to back every week. (laughs) Dear Lord. But if I was sure that I did love God, what would I do? When you figure out the answer to that question, Go and do it. Nor our feelings come and go. His love for us does not. At the end of the day, I love my God and his people more than my opinions, more than being right. And I'm devoted to truth, but I'm also devoted to grace. And I'm going to hold myself to a standard but I'm going to not expect people, especially those who are far from God, to live up to that standard. That's a standard for myself. Is my devotion to Jesus is I I set that standard for myself and I just, I love people. But my goal at the end of the day is not to please people, it's to please God. And I, I heard this said once and it just stuck with me and it's, biblically true. I figured it out. Um, But someone said, how do we know if we're winning? Like, 
in our devotion to God? Like, what's, how do we know we're winning as Christians? Like, how is it? And Jesus kind of just lays it out in that, I think it was John 24 that we read earlier. The one who endures to the end will be saved. How do you know if you're winning? You keep going. Just keep going. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Doubt, Deconstruction, and Devotion. If you'd like to find out more about Celebration Church or would like to partner with us financially, visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Celebration EDM. Come back next week to hear another great message.